I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Sigmund Freud once referred to a particular stage of childbirth as the place of no exit. The place of no exit. Freud was describing that stage in which a fetus has entered the birth canal but for a brief time goes no further. Everything stops. Contractions stop. Pushing stops. There is no going back. The baby cannot retreat through the birth canal and return to the womb. And yet for this same brief period, there is also no moving forward. The moment of birth, the moment towards which this entire arduous and painful process has been building, the moment of birth is simultaneously near and far, both imminent and delayed. This morning's scripture reading from the book of Deuteronomy finds the ancient Hebrews in their own sort of place of no exit. They are about to enter the promised land, about to be birthed, as it were, into the inheritance God swore to give to their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Everything, everything in the Hebrew people's long and arduous journey out of slavery in Egypt, that hurried last meal, that desperate run for the border with Pharaoh's soldiers in hot pursuit, the strangeness and discomfort of the wilderness journey, the temptation, the constant temptation to compromise their identity as the people of God in order to be accepted by others. Everything in the Hebrew people's long and arduous journey has been building towards this moment, this moment when they stand on the edge of fulfillment, this moment when they stand on the edge of the promised land. The Hebrew people cannot, they will not go back to Egypt. The Lord knows there have been plenty of times when that's exactly what they wanted to do. Remember all that grumbling? They start pretty much right after they've escaped Pharaoh and his henchmen. Remember that complaining they begin even while the sounds of the horses and chariots are still rattling in their ears? Remember that? Moses, they tell their leader, we are so freaking hungry. Sure, it's nice not to be laying bricks for Pharaoh all day, but at least they gave us a decent lunch there on the work site. Oh, for the flesh pots of Egypt. Oh, for the certainty of a meat and three. This freedom business is hard, man. Maybe it's not for us. Maybe we'd rather be held captive than starve. Well, maybe. Maybe. 
Because here's the thing. All through their long and painful journey towards the land that God has promised them, the Hebrew people have to struggle again and again with this impulse to go back. They have to struggle with this impulse to go back to the place of captivity, if not literally, then at least in spirit. The Hebrew people have to do battle again and again with the impulse to return to another form of slavery, a form of slavery in which they are entrapped by the worship of idols instead of being liberated by devotion to the one true God. So it is that Moses in today's reading from Deuteronomy, finds the Hebrew people in this place of no exit. He finds the Hebrew people in this place of no exit. The Hebrew people appointed by God for greater things than laying bricks for Pharaoh, and yet somehow not able to get beyond this emotionally and spiritually. Moses finds the people of God in this place of no exit. And so he gives them a nudge. He gives them a nudge to help them move forward. Choose life, he implores them. Choose life. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Choose life which means choosing God and God's ways of freedom and release over the ways of bondage and captivity. Choose life so you can get yourselves unstuck and so that the generations that come after you can move forward in faith, hope, and love. Now I know, you wouldn't think, would you, that Moses would need to say any of this. Not after God has brought the Hebrew people all this way, feeding them, leading them, protecting them, organizing all those fantastic plagues on their behalf, parting the Red Sea, bringing water out from a rock, forgiving them for that big keg party they throw while Moses is up on Mount Sinai. Surely after all of this, you would think, The people would never choose the path of captivity and golden calves over that of freedom and a relationship with the living God. Surely you would think this. But as any of us who have ever gone through a difficult time will surely attest, the old and familiar can seem preferable to the new and the strange. The old and familiar can seem preferable to the new and the strange, even when the old and familiar is also the old and the terrible. Think about it. Think about it. We, like the ancient Hebrews, may sometimes find ourselves leaning back into the past, may often find ourselves leaning back into the past in all sorts of deadening, enslaving ways. That parent who hurled constant criticism our way when we were young has been gone for years. But we continue in times of stress 
to hear that parent's voice and to regard ourselves as incapable and unworthy. We know deep down that having a bigger house and a higher paying, more prestigious job is not what brings lasting happiness. We know this because we have experienced this truth over and over and over again. And yet, and yet the minute we encounter pain or disappointment, our first impulse is to self-soothe by acquiring something. We say we want our children or our grandchildren to be themselves, to forge their own paths in life. We say this, and yet so often we find it well nigh impossible to stop pushing them to become who we wish we ourselves might have been. We celebrate Black History Month as, among other things, a way of marking the great progress this country has made in race relations through the years. But there is a movement going on in our nation right now to stop telling the truth about that progress and about how long it has taken and about how far we still have to go to make it complete. All of which all of which, of course, means that we, just like the ancient Hebrews in this morning's reading, are not yet to the promised land. There is a part of us that is still trying to decide. Which way will we turn? Which way will we go? Which way will we choose? Will we turn towards justice and love or towards oppression and hate? Will we turn towards God or will we turn towards an idol? Will we turn towards life or will we turn towards death? And so you see Moses' words in today's lesson are not only for the ancient Hebrews. They are for us as well. Choose life. In a world fixated on death, choose life. Choose love and the way that leads to true freedom. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. And not only that, not only that, but do it today. Choose life today. Whatever our past mistakes may be, you and I need not be held captive by them anymore. We can move forward, all of us, by the mercies of God. Now is the time when God calls us. Now is the time when God invites us. Invites us, not shames us. Hear me on that. Now is the time when God invites us out of those places in our lives where we have gotten stuck, out of those places from which we suppose there is no way out. Now is the time that God invites us out of these places. Now is the time that God longs to release us from everything that binds us. From what this day might God long 
to free you.